Travis Barrett, Tuesdays here on the Beatles. Travis Barrett joins us now from centralmaine.com. Travis, the reason we have Travis on today is because we realized that Travis, not a big NBA guy, of course, he's a big guns, and um, we assumed, uh, um, you know, he decided to watch the Celtics, like like many folks, and he's watched the last two and a half games. So, Travis, I believe the last two games are your fault. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, I can take that. That Everything's my fault. I don't know if you've heard, but that's definitely my fault. And Houston getting blown out on Sunday night also my fault. Well, and I assume that as well because I knew about the I knew about the Houston thing. Yeah. I was going to explain that to folks that you watched the Houston game where they got blown out by forty one. Yeah. So at this yeah. point, you are just um, just bad luck for the National Basketball Association. You should please watch something else those nights, please. Uh, Tomorrow night, right. find something else to do. I don't know what you've got going on. You can watch the replay. The replay is fine. Okay, I, I, I'll even allow you to listen to it on the radio if you would like, and, and you want to give it a shot. Okay, but okay. I, okay. I think you need to stay away from putting it on an actual television screen and viewing it in real time. All right, deal. Yeah, deal. Okay. All right. I, I All think right. I think this guarantees a game five win for the Celtics. Guaranteed. And yep. and if you don't watch game six, I think they close out game six too. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. That's okay. I could probably find something more interesting to do, like watch paint dry or clean my ears or something. So, right. Yeah, I think that's I'm hard. sure. I, I'm sure the ears need a cleaning as well. So. <laughs> oh yeah, fine. you know, every day, twice a day. Twice yeah. a day. <laughs> I want the wax to build up. <laughs> <laughs> big, uh, big softball game this afternoon. You'll be covering. I guess so. Yeah, aren't they all? <laughs> I, you know, it's funny though because I think yeah, I'm doing uh, Mount Blue and Lawrence, and I think. Uh, one of the things I do like about the end of the season, other than the fact that I'm ready for it to be over and for summer to get here, is um, you start you start really honing in on the games that matter versus, like, let's just make sure in the first two weeks, three weeks of the season that you try and hit as many teams as you can so you see some ugly, lopsided games, teams that aren't going to be very good. But when you get down to this and you're kind of hand-picking games that have playoff implications, it does make it more interesting. And the pace of game when the weather gets nice is always good, too. You know, it did... Skowhegan and um, Oxford Hills last week, and I think it was like 68 minutes. So I'm good with that. <laughs> I can do I, that's about my concentration, my uh, attention span. Two to one, 68 minutes. I mean, you just yeah. you just you just fixed it right there. Can all, can we get baseball games down right to 68 minutes? What's that? Can we get baseball games down to 68 minutes? Uh well, you got Scott scoring 40 runs a game, but yeah, probably probably could. Um, yeah, I, yeah, but that's one of the things I, I did. I tell you this story? I feel like I did, but when when I got asked, you know, two years ago, like, okay, what sport would you really like to do in the spring? And and I and I said softball, and they were like, really? You're such a baseball guy. I said I am, but I, you know, I can't handle two hours and forty five minutes of bad bad pitching and walks and the pace of baseball in general. Like, no, I'm all set. I'll do the softball game and go watch the Red Sox on TV. See. That makes me a bad person. That's what, you know what? Maybe that's what, you know what? I think that's what I'm going to do. I think that's what I'm going to do this uh, this spring. I think I'll have uh, I think I'll have uh, a pro come in and do the baseball games, and I'll just do the softball games. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. You should do that. I'll I think I'll I, th- the game. I think that's a good idea. I really I think you might have just saved me. I think you just might have saved me some major scheduling issues this year. I'm really really appreciative of that. That's a uh, well, you should be forewarned though that uh, the first this is uh. I think this is two years ago, and 
it was the first softball game I covered. It was the opener for everybody, and it Mesolonsky baseball and Mesolonsky softball. They were both playing at Colby on the on the turf over there. You know, kind of. A, it, oh, I remember it was cold and windy and dri- I mean, it was awful. And um, I'm sitting there doing the softball game, and all of a sudden, like the baseball game is over. And I look, and the softball game's still in, like, the fifth inning. And I was like, this was not what I signed up for. So, you know, they got the old uh, mercy rule on the baseball field, so they were out of there. And meanwhile, that softball game grinded its way to an 8-6 to six final score or something ridiculous. And it took over two and a half hours. And I was like, this is not what I quit. I quit. I'll be back. I'll be back in August when the weather's nice. <laughs> when I first started as an AD in Skowhegan, we played Waterville in a yeah. softball game at Skowhegan. Yeah. There was no windmill then. This is just slingshot, they called it. 25 to 24 was the oh, score. Oh. It lasted about a week, I think, because <laughs> it was horrible. Oh, it's the worst. It is the worst. I, I You know, it's, uh, it takes me back to when my kids were little. They're watching <laughs> those minor and major games where nobody can throw strikes. And, oh, <laughs> there's your 10 pitches, run the first. And, oh, my God. Awful. Awful, and I'm a, and like I said, I'm a baseball fan. Like I love baseball, but you know I gotta watch. I'm a snob. I gotta watch it at the highest level. I got it. Aside from the Red Sox bullpen, you know you gotta have a guarantee that people can throw strikes. So, yeah. What are you talking about? What do you, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? You don't the the the, the, uh, the what what do you think is the issue right now? What what are all the issues right now? Would you like to oh, list them in order of importance, or how for, would, the, for the Red Sox? No, well, we can talk about the Red Sox in a minute. I'm talking about Maine high school stuff. Like, I mean, I uh, Booth Bay, for example, uh, lost yeah. to lost to uh, Deerago earlier this year by something forty to forty to one, yeah. forty one to one. Yeah. They did lose to them yesterday, seventeen to two. So there's Improved. been some improvement. Improvement. Yeah. Well, that but that first game was a weird combination of. I, 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 of course, it seems like it's forever ago now, but um, that was a weird combination of like they were missing like like three or four. Starters and some seniors. It was April vacation week, and so you can make the argument that game never should have been played. Just reschedule it. It's April vacation for crying out loud. You're in the first week of the season. You got plenty of time. And they went ahead and played it. But the one that really got me was uh, last week um, that Bridgeway team. It's Madison and Carabac, and they beat uh, Wiscat at 41 to nothing. That was 41. Um, and they had 25 hits. And I. So much of it disgusts me, and it's not for the reason that you might think, because I know one of the things that really bothers me is that the score comes in, and immediately on social media, you know, we're out there defending it. Like, you know, some teams take this the right way, and it's not their fault they can't play. But these baseball coaches will sit around every year and talk about how, how come more kids aren't playing baseball? This generation of kids is soft. This generation of kids doesn't want anything to do with putting in the time. That's not true. If you're if you're really a high, in high school sports, right? Whether you're in the media, you're a coach, you're a player, you're a parent, it's about the kids, right? Like I understand we want to win. God, I'm as competitive as anybody, but there's a line, and when you're crossing that line, to me, it's obvious. When you when you score 40 runs, we're not talking about 20 runs. We're not talking about 30 runs. We're talking about you scored 40 runs in five innings, and at some point. We have to stop with this nonsense that I'm not going to disrespect the game by sending kids up there to swing and miss on purpose. Okay, 
first of all, let's drop the pretense. Because, like, we can watch Major League Baseball, and those guys are always arguing over the, quote, unwritten rule. So don't, don't tell me that you, you're some purist who we're going to play the game the right way to the final out. That's totally ridiculous. That Wiscasset team that lost by 40 years, they had a look at their roster. They have 13 kids on their roster. Eight of them are freshmen. How many of those kids are coming back next year to get their brains beat in again? I, I would guess if you get 50% of them back, you're lucky. And so then what have we done for high school baseball? We've got another program that wants to fold. We've got more kids that aren't going to be able to play because you decided that the right thing to do was score 40 runs against them. That's on you. That's not on the pitcher can't throw strikes. They can't play defense. At some point, the coaches who are scoring the 40 runs are responsible. And let's stop going on Twitter and defending them without even having seen the game. Ten minutes after the score's in, we've got people, all friends of mine, sports reporters, defending it. You weren't there. You can't defend it. You don't know. You don't know what happened. It's not good. It's not good when kids are losing by 40. It's not good for the sport, any sport. There's a it's a good point and, and you're starting but you're starting to get that in every sport now like it's not just baseball like the preliminary the preliminary games this year for the basketball tournament yeah were among the prelim you could call them the prelims or you could call them the first round whatever you would like to call them okay mm-hmm. whatever you yeah, whatever you, you basically your your first round your your first day at the ACC yep. or wherever was among some of the worst basketball I've seen played in recent history with a lot of these, there was not, usually there's two or three upsets, you know, teams are stacked. Maybe some teams yeah. played a bunch of teams from the MVC. So maybe the things weren't heel points, weren't that great or blah, 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 blah. and you usually got some, some upsets and there was just, there really wasn't, there was a ton this year, but they weren't like, I don't know. I think they're all expected upsets. You know what I mean? It, right. it, it, it was we're, just, are we having a, but you're, I think they're just taking, we're having a slightly different discussion. If we're talking about, well, the quality of the game isn't as good, or you know, there's a there's a definite uh, divide growing between the haves and the have-nots. I get that, but but I don't think that's the same discussion because I think in basketball, one of the one of the uh, here's kind of going a long way with this one, but you you probably expect that from me now. So one of the defenses is well, in other sports you can have running time, in other sports you can you can do this, you can do that to limit scoring, and in baseball you can't. Well, that's not true. Okay, you can. So, but what will happen in, in those basketball games, right? Okay, we're up by 40 and it's the fourth quarter. You know, we're emptying the bottom of the bench. Not just our, you know, six, seven, and eight. Not the first three kids off the bench. We're putting all the kids in that never play. And we're going we're gonna to keep this from being 100 to 12, you know? Um, and and, I, and that's, that's what should happen. I'm not saying that every game has to be 52 to 52 with 30 seconds to go. And that's the only acceptable, you know, formula for high school sports in Maine. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. Um, but I think there is, like I said, there's a line. And to me, it's obvious when it's crossed. And when it's in a basketball game, if you're up by 60 with seven minutes to go and you've still got all five starters in there because, quote, it's not our fault those kids can't play defense, that's ridiculous. All right, good. All right, see? Yeah. See? That's good. See, I... That's- some of these teams, well, and I uh, look. I'm going to agree with some of them. I'm always gonna. I'm always going to be biased towards Ryan Palmer because he works for me. But you know, when he comes on and explains what he did in the game against yep. Booth Bay, yep. and they were missing their four best players, I'm going to take that at, at the. I'm going to take that and say, you know what, he did what he could. Yeah. Now, is that the case in every t- in, in in every town? No. 
Is that the case in every game? No. And to me, it's not even the quality uh, of the game. It's not. It's not so much a quality. It's the fact that some schools are eliminating JV programs. So you've got mm-hmm. JV programs right now that I mean, you're going to have teams and and that you know they're going to have to start freshmen and and basically play them for four years, and mm-hmm. hopefully somebody else along the way gets to play once in a while too. Okay, right. and then and then you've got towns that are just continually losing people like you see all these pictures of like west virginia where towns are just completely abandoned we're getting yeah. to a point in maine where we're going to get to that point in some of these mill towns and some of these places that have their own schools right now like i worry about and we're going to talk to kelly oaks about this later kelly oaks wrote an article about Diego and how how cyclical these things are like yeah. there's the there's uh there's this to me shows baseball as one of the sports that, uh, to me, has been affected by lacrosse, okay, because mm-hmm. a lot of your spring athletes play on lacrosse. You also have a lot of spring athletes now that used to play baseball that are now going to do track and field because yep. track and field works a lot better with their basketball schedule or their football training or whatever it is they're doing or, you uh-huh. know, maybe because it's co-ed, whatever it might be, okay, yep. you know. Yeah. Whatever that is, that's going to be the first one, and that's going to be the first one to start showing the decline. And you're seeing less and less. The, the risk of injury in baseball is, is a lot less than football, but they're struggling with numbers in football too. They're struggling in numbers with baseball because, one, the major league product is hit home runs or strike out. So if you yep. don't hit home runs, you feel like you're not playing the game the way that you can play it up at the lower level. So you're going to look at something else. You can hit a three-pointer, but you can't hit a home run. So what right. are you going to gravitate towards? Basketball. Right. right. And I, I think that's what's happening. I think the upper-level... I think what's going on with the sport right now, the focus on the, the strikeouts and the home runs, is going to hit has started to trickle down a little bit. I think that's going to that's not going to help anything with with fan and game interests. Like, I can get one of my kids to go to a baseball game only because there are French fries there. Right. Okay. Right, right. I, I'm not getting him to I'm not getting him to go there and, and figure out who's going to hit the six four three. Right. So it, it, it's that's just how baseball is now. And until you actually get that going or get it into a spot, whether it's the World Baseball Classic, whether it's get baseball back in the Olympics or whatever it is, where people can see how the game really is supposed to be played, which is, you know, station to station, hit and run. Occasionally, you're going to have teams with power, but, you know, at the end of the day, the teams that advance runners in the postseason are the ones that are going to win. Let me, let me, I, I don't disagree with a lot of that, right? I, there's all, all of this is part of it, but look, here's, a, here's a quick story I'll give you, and it's a, a, a personal anecdote, but I'm, I'm not convinced that it's the only um, that I'm the only case of it, right? Because you know I'm pretty objective when it comes to my my own kids and their sports skills. Like I, I will I will be brutally honest to a point where people have told me, "You got to ease up on your kid." Not that I tell him he's horrible, but so so my son, right, <clears throat> um, played baseball all the way up through right right through middle school, and in every spring, my God, there'd be snow in the backyard, and he'd be like, "Let's go throw the ball around. I want to get ready." Let's go throw the ball around. Can't wait for baseball. Can't wait for baseball. He goes and plays for his middle school team last year um, in seventh grade. And, and is not good. He's not a good baseball player. And that's okay. So, so he's the kid on the end of the bench who you go out and, God, the rules say, we, we have, first of all, there are no rules. The rules say you get your one half inning in the outfield and you get your one at bat, and that's all you get. So you sit on the bench. For two hours and forty-five minutes, like we talked about, when it's forty degrees and the wind's howling and there's some drizzle, and you do that all season long, and then you're told, "Hey, we're we're starting this Babe Ruth team. It's there's no playoffs. 
There's only four teams in the league. It's really about all of these kids being able to just go and just keep playing. And there's no record, and we're not worried about, like, everybody's going to play the same. And so he's like, yep, yeah, I'm going to give that a shot because I want to get better at this game. And he shows up, and it's the same thing all over again. It's a smoke screen so that the three coaches can play their three kids every inning and get them five at-bats a game because they want to get ready for their baseball. So you've got more kids who are giving up their summers and sitting on the end of the bench, and for two hours and 45 minutes, they play a grand total of 12 minutes. The best. And so this year, when baseball sign-ups roll around and he goes, yeah, I'm not putting myself through that again. And those very same baseball coaches who I know will sit around and go, I don't know why more kids aren't coming out for baseball every year. And I say, because you beat it out of them. Because when they were 12 years old, you told them, you're never going to be good enough. That's when I stopped playing. I was I was 13 years old, and my, my eighth grade coach was just atrocious. Like, I played fine in Little League. Like, I was, you know, I played on the, we had two teams in the town of Dixfield. We had the A's, which were, you know, all the best players. And then we had the Bad News Bears, i.e. the Red Sox. Yes, one of the dirty little secrets of my life is I played on the Red Sox Little League team in Dixfield. Yeah. Good times. I mean, I, I we had we had everything from the alcoholic coach to the whole thing, right? He was a great coach. Like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't all boozed up around us or anything. But you know, he'd occasionally get the, you know, he'd occasionally get the OUI in the late eighties. You know. Yeah, you know, I go back to. But, but oh, I'm sorry. It, oh, uh, it, it, it's it's a good point. Like eventually, you go and it, it takes one coach to sour you on it, and maybe there's a yeah. perfect storm of other things, and that's it. Coach, I didn't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I agree with the, you know, I, I think I think for those that care about kids, there are rules about sub-varsity, uh, everybody should play, and it's not about winning. Look, everybody right. wants to win, sure. And at the end of a basketball game, you want to put your best player back in to see if you can win with two baskets at the end? Go for yeah. it. But, Absolutely. But, but uh, everybody should play. I, I've always used myself as an example. When I was, I've gone back in that direction, by the way. But when I was younger, I was heavy, but I wanted to be the quarterback. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> in the middle school in Portland that I was in, we had just moved there. I wanted to play quarterback. The coach said, "Okay, get in there," you know. And I played. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not sure I was very good, and I had parents that understood what athletics is about. And and my mom said. How did you think the season went? Whatever. And anyway, the discussion ended up that maybe I should get myself in a little better shape. So that was my mission because I wanted to play, damn it. And I I came out and we moved to Brewer my sophomore year. Suddenly, I I had actually gained a couple inches in height, but I'd lost about 40 pounds. Well, now I was more athletic and ended up starting all through high school and starting all my four years at Maine. Yeah. And if somebody looked at me in the eighth grade, they would have said, yeah, he's a tackle. Yep, too late. Uh, yep. And, but the coach didn't. He said, hey, his name is Bruce Campbell, by the way. Not that name ring a bell? Um, if only. Yes. Yeah, right. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, he's he's a great football guy. In relation in to Glenn area. Campbell? But, I'm not, yeah, right. I got nothing. But anyway, um, <clears throat> you know, so you don't know. You don't have any don't idea. And know. maybe with some... Uh, pushing, you know, your kid might not be a star, but he could right. be a player that helps a team. Because yeah. you know what? Then all you got to do is look at any pro team. They're not all stars, 
Right. They're not. Every, Some guys, a defensive team, specialist. Every, Some guys, something else. Mm-hmm. Every team has roles. Yeah. I, do, I just think that. So I just think it's a it's a perfect storm of a lot of things, and I, and I think it. We just we got to find a way to. God, I sound so touchy feeling. People who know me know that I'm not. That's what, that's <laughs> the crazy part of this story. I'm not a touchy feely guy, but and usually the term it, it, it's sub varsity. Like we've got to understand that baseball in seventh grade, uh, soccer in fourth grade. It's not about winning. It's about putting kids in a position to have success. Now, I totally believe in not every kid has to play the same amount. Because I do think you want those kids to see, and the kids know who the best players are, right? They know in their friends who their best players are in every sport. It, and, and I think there is something to, if it's a close game, you want your starters and your best players to play. Those kids on the bench need to see what they want to, what they want to be, right? You've got to give them something to shoot for. If everybody plays the same amount, no kid's ever going to work because they don't need to. What do I need to work for? I'm going to play the same no matter what. I'm going to play exactly half the game whether I try or whether I don't try. So there's no value in that. But you've got to find a way to make every kid feel like you're going to get a chance to at least have some success for yourself. That that's it, it, Anyway, so it grows, and it grows. And when these kids trickle out, and then you, like you talk about, Maddie, with the, you know, our communities are changing, and, and they're getting smaller in places, and they're shrinking. Well, all of these factors, to me, add up to, like, hey, if we don't, if we don't find a way to shepherd this whole thing, it's not going to be around in a lot of places. And that's what's bad. That's what's bad about 40 to nothing games. Amen. Hallelujah. You, you know, it's interesting. Uh, my wife was the field hockey coach for a long time in Skowhegan, really got their mm-hmm. program started because there really wasn't much when she started it. Now look at where they are. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> that the gal, that, the woman that's the coach now has been there. She, she was my wife's JV coach. Uh, anyway, so when, my, when we moved to Green, my wife started a youth field hockey program. And the Levitt coach would tell you that it really has made a difference for the program at Levitt. One of the reasons sure. they've been so successful is all those years my wife did that. And you know what? Interesting. She, she didn't play many games. Hmm. She would have little, uh, they call them small area games. Uh, yep, yep. And, and whatever that you do in ice hockey. Uh, and it was skills, 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 skill work. So the kids yep. did get better. You know what? They had a blast. The attendance at every single time they got together was fantastic. Yeah. They, they yeah. weren't playing games. There was no winner, loser. They were just playing the sport they loved and having fun with it. Yeah. And guess yeah. what? Chris would see them later on when they were seniors. They're still playing. Yeah. It right. wasn't this huge attrition of, of kids drop out along the way. There's always some, of course. But, uh, yeah, and, and again, I used to laugh. And you know what happened? Some other people got involved, and Chris was starting to, I mean, she'd been doing it 20 years, doing the youth, being a child of the youth field hockey for Journal Leeds and Green, and she finally said, whoa, you know, I've got to slow down just a little bit. <laughs> so some other people took it over because they all want to play games. we got to play right. games. we got to travel the garden. we got to go to whatever. Guess what? I, I'm not sure they've got a program anymore. Right. You know, once yeah, she got done. Yeah. And and it was not about the games. It was just right. learning the skills and having fun. I think we expect sometimes that um, that kids, and, and by kids I mean uh, you know middle school age, high school age, um, that they deal with adversity the way adults will. Like, okay, well, if you're not playing, you need to you need to do this. You need to 
go speak up to that coach. You need to, you know, you need to find a way to figure it out. And, and they're kids, right? Their brains, their bodies are still developing. We can't ask them to handle adversity. So right. the, way, the reason I bring that up is because I think when you have that 12-year-old that isn't playing as much as he wants to, that isn't playing in the position he wants, we expect them to handle that like adults, not like kids. The way kids handle it is, I'm really uncomfortable in that situation. I'm going to pull myself out of it. Versus, okay, well, you know what? When we go to work and there's things we don't like, we got to, you got to do it anyway, right? you got to fight through it. That's what you do as an adult. And we expect kids to be able to do that all the time, and that's how they're going to weed themselves out, and we're going to find out who the baseball players are at this team and who, who they aren't. And I think that's an unrealistic expectation in many cases for, for young people to be able to handle that kind of adversity the way we as adults think they should. Well, the only thing I would say, I agree with seventh grade, maybe up through maybe sophomore year. Uh, I think by junior, senior year, I hope that we have taught them. Taught them to do it. Um, to, you know, not to, at least to stand up for themselves and mm-hmm. go in and meet with somebody and, and voice their opinion. Now, sometimes they don't. I, I understand. Yeah. I yeah. I had kind of one of each at home. And yeah, interestingly, yeah. my daughter would probably step up. My son because he didn't have to. He was a really good athlete. But sometimes I thought he maybe could have gone in and talked to the coach about something. Because I'd yep. say once in a while, I know you're frustrated, so what are you going to do? Because <laughs> I'm not, you know, he knew I wasn't going in. I don't believe in sure. that, you know. Sure, right. right. And uh, so he a lot of times said, well, well, I guess we'll wait and see. And you know what? It usually worked out for him. Now, he was a good athlete, so it did work out for him. If he hadn't been, it probably wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and it, yeah, yeah, and it, I, you know, I'm the same way. I have one of each at home, right? I have one who is force motivated and one who is absolutely not. And, uh, you know, the youngest, my daughter, she tried everything when she was younger, and she just doesn't, just doesn't matter to her, you know? She just doesn't, she doesn't have that competitive phone, and that's fine. She's got a ton of other interests. Um, but I do, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to make this about me. I already have way too much, but you're right. It's, I mean, I think when the kids get older, we hope that we have again fostered a culture where they can feel free to speak up, where they can engage in conversations and do it respectfully and handle adversity. But I just think that, it, and maybe your timeline is right. You know, maybe it is kind of through that you know fifteen, sixteen years old that it's probably difficult for them, and then after that, we hope that they will. You know, I've told Maddie before. My daughter played two sports in college. I saw mm. field ice, very good. Softball might have been. It wouldn't have been her best sport because she was really good at the stick sports, but she had a great hand-eye coordination. She could hit the heck out of the ball. If nothing yeah. else, she could be a softball designated hitter. She would have been yep. the best one they had. In eighth grade, she came home from the tryouts from softball, and I said, how'd it go? And she says, no. And I go, she goes, not going to play. And I go, what? I mean, I knew she was good enough to play. She goes, no, I'm not going to play. And I go, Aaron, What? I, I don't think I understand. You you always played softball. You like it. She said, I don't like it that well. And I went, really? I said, what didn't you like? She says, I didn't like the way everybody was treated at tryouts. And they got plenty of players, and they don't need me. You know, Not like, right. I mean, in other words, well, I said, like what? She says, everybody got two pitches and one ground ball. That was the tryout. I went, what? Oh. what? She goes, yeah, there was 60. She says, I had plenty of time to count them. There were 63 girls in the middle school gym. We got two swings and one ground ball. Oh, my word. And they picked a team from that. She says, I made the team, but 
I went to the coach on the way out of the gym and said, uh, I don't think I'm going to play this year. Oh, that was it. That's it. You know, I mean, and I, some of that I understand. I was, I felt disappointed for her, but hey, whatever, you know. All right, I got to ask you a really important question. Yeah, something really important. Now okay. we talked about our kids. All yeah. right, now that we've gotten all that out of the way, okay? Yeah. Lou Lamarillo is how old and is going to go run the Islanders? Oh, no. yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't. I, you you set it up too well. I, I, what, what, what in Toronto did you see that made you think, like, yeah, this is going to be the answer for the Islanders? Have you met the Islanders? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. A bunch of budding superstars that never pan out. They gave Garth Snow 12 years, okay? Yeah. 12 years. They gave him the franchise after he retired, and they let him just kind of muddle around for 12 years through two yeah. homes. Yeah. And, you know, God bless him. Thank you so much for 1993, Garth. Party on. But, yeah. uh,. Yeah, it was time to move on. So that's that's the guy, Lou Lamarillo. That's, yeah. I mean, whew. Milbury didn't do it either. No, yeah. Milbury had a shot. Yeah, I know. It. Well, yeah, I'm really <laughs> shocked that Mike Milbury didn't wasn't able to build a good franchise. I was really stunned by that that he wasn't able to put the right guys together in the yeah, right remember, spots. Mike Milbury, so be careful. Yeah, he did a really good job of that 15 year contract of Rick DiPietro, which I still oh, think they're paying for. Imagine that. Uh, Who yeah, would do that. Yeah, uh, that's done by now, isn't it? I, I don't. Was it paid by insurance? Like, oh, how did that whole thing go? Like, I don't have to research that one for you. You know yeah. what? I'm gonna I'm gonna Google that right now. I I, I know he's been doing some. Uh, he actually he hosts a sports talk show on ESPN 98.7. He signed a 15 year contract. Okay, he was bought out in July 2nd of 2013. Retired in 2013. His contract was 15 years. Signed in 20. 20- 2006. So yeah, he's still under contract through 2021, even though he oh, was bought out. Word. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well done. That's money well spent. Garth Snow. Well done. The thing with Lamorello, when you look back at his career with New Jersey and whatever, he had a tremendous eye for talent. Now, whether they think that's what he's going to be able to do at this stage... I mean, I he's the guy gone. that. I just feel like that has passed. And yeah, that that would be my sense. That's you're, I'm, I'm saying that's the only thing I can think of that they they think he's going to have you know lightning in a bottle again or something. Right. Yeah. It doesn't. To me, it doesn't. It didn't make any sense when I saw it. I thought this is really weird. Um, especially they're going to bring in a young coach and Quinn, and I, I don't know. I just don't see. I don't know. I don't see it being a great. Wait, I, thought I, I, don't, I don't see the Islanders next year and two years from now being a completely different franchise that we go. Okay, now we're now we're back where we want to be. Wait, Quinn's going to the Islanders. I thought he's going to the Rangers. Ranger, Ranger I'm sorry, Rangers. Yes, New York. Whew. Isn't it all the same? Yeah. It? <laughs> it probably should be. So they bring wow. Capuano back to coach. How are they going to work? Yeah, I don't. Have, I have no idea what they're going to do. And you know, Tavares is going to. Is going to go as a free agent. He's not sticking around. So no, I mean, I think he's given them everything that could be expected. Yeah, frankly. Yep. All right, Travis. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, unloading. I figure you'll have more pent up aggression next week, and we'll talk at the same time. It's almost playoff time. Yeah, go Rockets and stay away from the NBA. Just stay (laughs) away from it. it. Save our Celtics, Travis. Save our Celtics. I will do it. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you. you. That's Travis Barrett from CentralMaine.com. We'll take a break. It's Beelis Daily from Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network.